you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast, the live edition of it. Just to give you guys a kind of a clue into kind of the rhythm that we have around here at Lakers Nation during the offseason. What we're going to do and what we've done for a while now is we still hold at least two live podcasts per week just to get everybody together. This was something that we started way back in 2020, March of 2020, in fact, when the pandemic first got going, we started two live shows a week. And quite frankly, back then, we spent most of the time just checking in on everybody because there was no basketball going on for about four months. So we spent a lot of time just talking with fans and going over how everything was, what things were looking like around the NBA, things of that nature. So we've continued with that. And with this being the all-star break right now, and they're not being any basketball right now, I figured we might as well go into our typical format. We did Mondays and Thursdays shows, those evenings typically targeted about 9 o'clock Pacific time for those shows. We'll do that again during the off-season, whenever we do get there. But figured again, with this being the all-star break, it felt like it had been too long since we had gone live. I don't know. I wasn't comfortable with that. So I figured let's do a live show. I was going to record a podcast anyway. Let's turn it into a live show and bring people in through the chat to discuss everything. So if you're coming in live and you're from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. Let's talk a little Lakers basketball. Obviously, there is way more going on than we anticipated. I looked at this weekend as though it's going to be, okay, all-star weekend, no problem, kick back, relax, we'll watch the all-star game, but probably not going to be a whole lot news-wise. And then LeBron James started complimenting all these other general managers. Um, We heard the reports that Clutch Sports isn't happy with Rob Palenka. We heard the rumors that have now been been pushed back upon by Clutch that that perhaps they wanted the Lakers to trade Russell Westbrook in the 2027 first for John Wall. All kinds of stuff has been going around, and it's uh, the stuff that's happening right now is going to have a major, major impact on the Lakers offseason, which is going to be an extremely important one both for the near-term and long-term future of this franchise. So that gives us a lot to talk about right there. We also had Malik Monk saying some fantastic things in the a piece on The Athletic, talking about wanting to come back and, and play more for the Lakers and how much freedom he's enjoyed with the Lakers. So we can talk about that as well. We got a lot of stuff to get into, and I'm already seeing 
a lot of questions and comments coming in here into our, our chat. So I know it's kind of a random Monday night, but again, wanted to open this up, let people come in and talk a little bit Lakers basketball. So I've already got a, a comment here that says from Isaac Santana, don't let clutch ruin the Lakers franchise trade LeBron and AD. So here's the thing. When we're looking at the Lakers, oh, somebody mentions buyouts. Yes, we'll talk about the buyout market as well. When we're looking at the Lakers situation with LeBron James and Anthony Davis right now, Clutch Sports has essentially got a partnership, right, with the Lakers. That's the way they've referred to this for a while now. LeBron, AD, it's a partnership with the Lakers. And so they've been afforded certain, uh, I mean, perks, right? They get a say in how the roster is built. They certainly had a say in the trade to get Russell Westbrook. Rob Palenka has talked about this. He blows up the phones of LeBron and Anthony Davis during free agency, during everything, right? Trades, all of that stuff. They're in those discussions. They are part of those conversations. Some people, though, look at that as perhaps a negative thing. Sometimes players, and Ron Gutterman and I talked about this the other day, sometimes players can get too close to a situation and they don't necessarily see the long-term negative, whereas a general manager for a team has to think of those things. So, for example, um, the piece that came out today on ESPN by Brian Windhorst about LeBron James and how LeBron does not care about draft picks. He only cares about whether or not the team he's on right now, this season, can win. Draft picks in the future do not matter to him. A general manager of a team can't think that way. You can't in the NBA. You can't think only short term. You also have to plan for the long term. Even if you're in win now mode, you still have to understand what it is that you're sacrificing in the long term. You have to understand what the give and take is there. And looking at things from that perspective, I don't think the Lakers being inactive at the trade deadline was necessarily a bad thing, given what we've heard was actually out there on the market for them. I don't think there was a trade out there that would necessarily put them over the top and suddenly turn them into a championship contender. So if that's the case, then why sacrifice future assets right now when you might be able to use those in a better situation come this summer? Specifically when Russell Westbrook has a $47 million player option that he's all but assured to, to pick up, but you've got a $47 million expiring contract then, some trade assets, some draft picks and things like that that you could use to make some other moves. Now, from LeBron's side, you could see where he'd be frustrated. He's 37 years old. He's having an MVP caliber season. And the team he's on, as he said before the trade deadline, can't really win. They're not of the same tier as the top-level teams in the NBA. So, of course, there's going to be frustration there. But part of the reason why people get a little uneasy about LeBron James calling the shot for a team is we've seen LeBron James teams, once he leaves, it takes them a little while to recover because those teams tend to trade away a lot of future first, do everything they can to win right now. And in most cases, that's fine. Most teams would be more than happy to sacrifice future stuff in order to get a championship. That's what it's all about, right? So, but that's the downside. That's the downside. And that's something that Rob Palenka and the Lakers organization has to be careful about. So LeBron is already putting pressure right now on the Lakers for what they're going to do this summer. He's sending the message you better get the, something done this summer. You'd better figure out a way to fix this. And of course, look, LeBron has a role in the creation of the team as it stands right now. There's no getting around that. He's got a role in that. And so when people say trade LeBron, trade AD, start this rebuild, I don't think the Lakers are quite there. But let me tell you this. If, if the Lakers head into this offseason and there's simply nothing that works, 
right? If there's nothing that makes sense, if LeBron goes to the Lakers and says, trade me, I would not be disappointed. I would not be disappointed at all. And that's not because I want LeBron to go. I do not. I My preferred situation here is that the Lakers make some moves. They're reloaded. They're ready to roll for next off, for next season. LeBron's going to have another great season in LA. If it doesn't look like that's going to be possible. If LeBron goes to the Lakers and says, trade me, I think this is the upside actually to Adam Silver talked about this recently in his state of the league address, essentially talked about trade negotiations becoming public trade requests becoming public. The most damaging thing that can happen to an NBA team is not necessarily when a player asks for a trade. No, the most damaging thing that can happen is when that player walks in free agency. The Lakers dealt with this. The Lakers dealt with Dwight Howard did it. The Lakers would have been in a much better position had Dwight Howard come to them and said, you know what, guys, I, I'm probably not going to stick around. Then the Lakers would have found some. They would have traded him by the trade deadline that one year that he was with the Lakers, and they could have got something for him. And of course, I'm talking almost 10 years ago now. But that scenario is the worst case. So if the Lakers, knowing that LeBron is going to be a free agent in 2023, if after this offseason, they go to LeBron and they say, okay, this is the team we put together. Here's a contract extension. And he's not interested in signing it. Then you at least have to start considering the possibilities. Do we need to start looking at trade options? Is that even a path we want to go down? Because there's a negative to that. There is a downside to going that route too. Or do we just want to accept that, hey, we probably get one more year with LeBron. Let's make the best of it. We're going to have a ton of cap space in 2023, that offseason. And then we go from there. The Lakers would have a decision to make, but at least they would go into it with some knowledge. The worst thing that could happen is LeBron tells the Lakers, well, I want to give a look at things in, in the next offseason, but I might stick around. My mind's not made up or anything like that. And then they go make a bunch more moves, sacrificing whatever future assets they've got to potentially appease LeBron. And if that doesn't work, then where does that leave you? That is the nightmare scenario for the Lakers front office that they have to consider when they're gauging this situation for pretty much his entire time with the Lakers, LeBron's goals and the Lakers goals have been aligned. Now is the first time we're starting to see a little bit of a split where what LeBron wants and what the Lakers want or the Lakers need as an organization may not be exactly the same thing. So it's going to be really fascinating how this plays out for the remainder of the, this season for the off season, all of that. Let me see what else we've got coming in here. Uh, Leroy Long, do you think LeBron will finish his career with the Lakers? So if you asked me a week ago, I would have said yes. Now I'm going to say no. Now I'm going to say no. And the reason why I'm saying no to whether or not LeBron would finish his career as a Laker, it's because of his comment made just the other day about playing with his son, Bronny. He wants to be on the same team as Bronny. And I don't fault him for that. That's, that's totally fine. That's not a problem at all for, for LeBron to want that. It just means that he probably doesn't end his career as a Laker. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Lakers draft Bronny, but LeBron made it very clear. Money doesn't matter. So that means if Bronny gets drafted to a team that is completely capped out, cool. He can play for the veteran minimum. If he, if he gets drafted to a team that has all the cap space in the world, they can work something out. But whichever team drafts Bronny gets LeBron. That's the bottom line. And I'm fascinated to see what this means for Bronny's draft style. I don't think we've ever seen this before in the NBA draft. So I, I'm interested to see, we're still a couple of years away, but I'm interested to see what this does to his draft stock. Does this bump him up simply because that team gets LeBron? 
you're not just drafting Bronny. You're getting the final year of LeBron's career. Most likely, who knows? Maybe, you know what? He said he just wants to spend whatever the last year of his career is with Bronny. Maybe he decides 2028 is going to be the final year and that's when they go team up. You never know. But right now, the way most of us are reading it as, are as though, okay, 2024, maybe that's that's it for him. If you are a random team, let's say you are the Sacramento Kings. You're a team that hasn't made a lot of money. You're a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a while. You're a team that doesn't have a very positive air around them. Don't you have a little bit more incentive to do what you need to do in order to get Bronny? And then you get the final year. Because think about all the attention. Think about all the revenue that's going to be on your franchise because you got LeBron James for the final year of his career. Wouldn't that matter? So I think that's why I don't see the Lakers being his final landing spot in the NBA. It's possible. Maybe the Lakers wind up drafting Bronny. There's something that something happens there and that works out. Maybe that's the way it goes down. But LeBron made it very clear, very matter of fact, whichever team drafts Bronny, that's where he's going to play. He's going to play the final year of his career with Bronny. So we'll see. We'll see where what happens there. James Bell with a super chat. Thank you. Appreciate it. Says Lakers Nation, get ready. He always finishes his contracts. He's not going to ask for a trade and hurt his situation to help a team that's not willing to go all in on him. Nobody's going to do that. This is my last super chat. Okay. So if LeBron ultimately decides, hey, I'm I'm not going to re-sign, right? Then the Lakers have to make a decision. He's not going to sign an extension. What I'm expecting to happen is the Lakers, they're going to do whatever they can this offseason. I think the Lakers want to keep the relationship with LeBron James as long as they can. And I don't think, like Windhorst said, I don't think LeBron wants to leave LA either. He wants to stay. He wants to be his kids, family, all that is there. The preferred option is the Lakers make a bunch of moves. Everything's looking good for next year. They're loaded. Let's roll. That's that's what the ideal scenario is. However, the Lakers don't have that many pieces to trade. They have a couple of future draft picks. Maybe use those. Maybe somebody will take the expiring contract of Russell Westbrook. You have a few things you can do, but it's not like you're just stocked full of all these young players on cheap deals that other teams want to trade for. You don't have that. But maybe Rob Palenka finds a way and they make moves and then off they go. Right. And then LeBron signs what would probably be a one year extension. That way he can hit free agency when Bronny enters the NBA draft and they can figure things out from there. I think that's the preferred route for both LeBron and the Lakers. It's that the Lakers figure out a way to make this work. LeBron figures out a way to make this work. You spend the next two years in LA contending, let the chips fall where they may, and then you figure things out with Bronny. I think that is the preferred path for both the Lakers and LeBron James. I'm just saying if things don't work out this summer, that's where you could see a split from the Lakers and LeBron. And then the summer starts to get really, really interesting. Uh, as far as the, the piece of this, a team that's not willing to go all in on him. The other side of that, the other side of that is uh, LeBron. He's got to feel a little bit wronged here by the Lakers not being willing to fork over those assets, right? In order to get him what he needs. So that's something that that the Lakers have got to overcome. They're going to have to prove to LeBron that they're willing to do what it takes on the trade market this summer in order to help him out. Because right now, the trade deadline came along and they said no. They said no. 
So we'll see what actually winds up happening there. Somebody said, who says Bronny is making the NBA? Oh, somebody said, Trevor, you look sick. I'm just noticing now. I turned, I think I turned up my light a little bit too much. So it's making me look like extra. I'm already pretty, I'm a pretty pale guy already. But no, I do, I'm not sick. I think I just turned up my light a little bit too much. So it's making me look like super pale right now. But um, no, I am not sick. Thank you for your concern though. Uh, Isham, 976. Um, oh, and the, the question was, the previous comment was who... Is Bronny even going to make it to the NBA? He is still seen as an NBA prospect. We'll see what happens there. Eshop976 says, LeBron James, 38 years. Do you really want to mortgage the Lakers' future? My God, it's the Lakers. Free agents would kill to play in LA. You know, that's something that Malik Monk said in the uh, Jovan Buha piece on The Athletic. Like, people want to play for the Lakers. He said, don't let anybody fool you. Like, the Lakers are still the place where people want to play. They are the landing spot. So I think there's some truth to that. And that's where the Lakers have to be a little bit careful. If you sacrifice too much of your future or yeah, if you sacrifice too much of your future, you can badly damage your team moving forward. And by the way, the Pelicans have got to be thrilled with all this happening. Cause remember they have the option. They can get either the Lakers 2024 pick or 2025 pick. So they've got to be keeping their fingers crossed right now and saying, yes, leave LeBron, get out of LA, and then we get a really nice pick in 2024 or 2025. So that's something to consider too. The Lakers are going to be missing that asset as they move forward. So the people who say tear it down, rebuild, remember next year you've got a pick swap with the Pelicans and then the Pelicans get the 2024 or 2025 pick. So if you tank too much, like let's say you tear it down and you just get young assets for next year. Okay. If the Pelicans are decent, you're getting their pick. You're not getting your own pick. If the Lakers just bottom out, like some people are calling for, that's got to be a factor. And then you don't have either your 2024 or 2025 pick. So blowing it up completely probably doesn't make a ton of sense for the Lakers. Something that, um, that you have to think of. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Let me see what else we've got here. Oh, man. Iberk Ozer said, love you, Trevor. Your show is the best thing in this horrible season. I know it's been a rough season, guys. And that's part of the, I've talked about this a bunch. But this show originally started during a rough season from the Lakers. And originally, it was only on Facebook. And that was it. Uh, but it was a way to come in and vent and talk about the Lakers and everything that's gone on with them, the issues that they've had. Uh, and it would kind of wound up being like like peer mediation, group therapy, if you will. It's a place for everybody to come and vent about the team. And that's kind of what it's become this year because it's been a rough season. But I'm glad that we can come on here and we can do this and we can talk through things and get through everything together because that's what Lakers Nation is all about. It's all of us together getting through all of this. Alex Ode from YouTube said, Trevor, I know we're looking towards NBA players on the buyout market, but do you know any G League or South Bay prospects we could possibly sign to make an impact. So that's the challenge, right? Like G League guys 
for the most part, if they are, I'm playing with my settings a little bit to try to make me look a little bit less uh, pale. <laughs> I'm just messing with things here. But if a guy is in the G League, the chances are that they're not quite NBA ready. That's that's the most likely thing. Now, the Lakers, and this is why I've been an advocate of this, the Lakers have largely found success with the younger guys this season. Stanley Johnson, certainly Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker's taken on a bigger role, obviously uh, Austin Reeves. So these guys have been the guys that have hit at a higher rate than the older players. Like of the veterans, which veteran player has really hit for the Lakers this year? It's really just been Carmelo Anthony, right? That's about it. Like Dwight's provided some solid minutes here and there, but a lot of the other guys just hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. So if I'm the Lakers and I'm looking at guys on the buyout market, I am giving a little bit more uh, oomph to a little bit more stock in some of the younger guys out there. Moses Brown being a center. That's interesting that we've talked about. There's a few younger guys out there, but there isn't a whole lot that I look at and I think, man, man, that guy is really going to change things. For the Lakers, though, it's about finding a guy that maybe can fit this season as well as into the future. Like they've got Stanley Johnson on a contract next year. They have Austin Reeves on a contract next year. Can you find another one of those guys? And I would say the likelihood is pretty low, but if you can get somebody out there that you can bring in that you think can make a difference, maybe you can hang on to them. For example, uh, today, the Brooklyn Nets, they got Goran Dragic. Great. Hey, the Nets got Dragic. I know the Lakers were in on him. They were a team that was mentioned as a potential landing spot for him. It didn't make a lot of sense for him to come to the Lakers, but now Javon Carter, who's 26 years old, shot 37% from three on his career, kind of a three and D style point guard. Okay. Do you give that a shot? Do you go to him and say, hey, and again, I'm not saying the Lakers need a guard, but just that type of player could you find somebody who's maybe mid-20s who can come in and contribute and maybe in the right system fits, a la Stanley Johnson? That's what I would prefer to see the Lakers do right now, whether it's a G League guy or somebody that's being waived by another team, rather than go after a guy who is 36 years old and is just trying to latch on somewhere to win an NBA championship this season. I think it makes more sense for the Lakers to target a younger guy even if they're mid-20s, that's fine. But somebody that you think could help you next season and beyond, as well as this season. I think that's important for this team, just if we're being real about where they're at. Uh, Hank Hannock Milligan said, What up? I finally caught one of your live salute. Well, thank you for joining us live here. Maddie James, if the rumors of LeBron wanting to leave are true because of this disaster of a season after I had a pivotal role in the makeup of the roster, that's where Lakers fans have sort of take an exception to what's been going on. And I think this is part of why we got the pushback from clutch sports, because let's face it as much as, okay, like clutch sports being upset with, with Rob Palenka, it sounds on the surface, like a story that would not originate from Rob Palenka, right? It sounds like it would be something that would be a leak that would come from clutch sports. But then when you add in the piece, and this was from the Eric Pinkett story the other day, <laughs> the bit about, the, that Clutch Sports wanted their client, John Wall, to wind up with the Lakers and wanted the Lakers to trade a first-round pick and Russell Westbrook to get him, that doesn't sound so good for Clutch Sports. That's where most Lakers fans say, wait, what? No, no, that you you wouldn't do that. That would not be smart. In fact, nice job, Rob Palenka, for not bending and doing a bad, that would have been a bad trade. Nice job, Lakers front office, 
for not doing that trade. So that makes it kind of stop and wonder where is that information really coming from when we take a look at that. And again, that may not be exactly the way the situation played out, but it's always something you have to keep in mind. When stuff comes out, when information is leaked, you have to ask who benefits? Who benefits from this information getting out? And that usually tells you where the leak is coming from. And sometimes it's difficult to tell. But in any event, this is something that you got to keep in mind whenever this kind of stuff comes out, because this does paint the Lakers in a pretty decent light compared to Clutch Sports. And I've seen a lot of Lakers fans who have said, okay, fine. If Clutch Sports wants them to sacrifice their entire future, then forget it. Let's move on. Let's be done. I don't think that's the sentiment that Clutch Sports wants out there. And I don't even know that that's wholly accurate either. All right, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, Sam Sutherland said, Rich Paul supposedly said to Stephen A to set it straight, that was not the case. Yes, I did see that, which again, suggests that that leak was not coming from Clutch Sports. I also think it's interesting that they set it straight that they don't, it wasn't that they wanted John Wall for Russell Westbrook in a first to happen, but didn't set it straight that they're happy with Rob Blake. Like didn't, didn't clear that up, didn't clear that up. And to me, that um, that speaks volume, volumes. <sighs> no, the ledge, Trevor Lane, it's your fault, bro. Yeah. Yep, I know. It's all on me. It's my fault. I think maybe I'm bad luck. That could be it. That could be it. Let me see what else we've got coming in here. I do have a couple other topics to get to. Tony, how would you improve this roster in the buyout or this upcoming offseason? Any chance we can keep Monk? So, if there is a way, because I do need to get to Malik Monk, Tim Timothy Lovas with the Super Chat said, uh, Bronny might even not, not even make the NBA. That's true. That's something that we have to consider as well. As far as improving this team, I mentioned on the buyout market, I'm targeting younger guys. I'm targeting guys that at the very least could be, if they hit, could be a factor next season and beyond. That's what I'm looking for on the buyout market if I'm the Lakers. And then in the offseason, I'm doing what I can to hang on to Malik, Malik Monk. I think they found something there. He's a guy who's still in his early 20s. He can help. He's grown a lot. He's spoken glowingly about being a Laker and how, how much this has meant to him, how important this has been to him, how he feels like the Lakers have been behind him. It sounds like the kind of guy that you want to hang on to. The problem is the most Lakers are going to be able to pay him is about $6 million. He's going to get more than that on the open market. So that's where you have to start looking at what do we have to do in order to feel comfortable using our full mid-level exception. And that means feeling comfortable with triggering a hard cap. Probably, probably we're talking about a Russell Westbrook trade in order to make that a possibility. So I think that's something you have to look at. Maybe you can work something out with Malik Monk where you sign him on a one plus one deal or something like that for that full taxpayer mid-level, that $6 million, and you say, hey, we're going to take care of you once we get your early bird rights, or, your, or if you want to go in both years, then your full, full bird rights. Maybe that's something that you can work out with Malik Monk. Obviously, that can't be in the contract, but keeping Malik Monk is something that I'm, if I'm Rob Palenka, I'm exploring. I'm looking at what I can do to try to hang on to him. I think that could be important for the franchise moving forward, both in this current iteration of the Lakers and whatever's next, whatever comes after LeBron. I think Malik Monk has proven himself enough to where he could be a key piece moving forward. I mean, his his brother slash agent 
was talking about in the piece of the athletic about wanting to be a Laker for the rest of his life. Great. So if you're Rob Palenka, you sit down and you figure out a way to make that happen. And then you have to decide, is it worth it? Is it worth whatever pain it's going to inflict to make that happen? And then from there, you're figuring things out. You're trying to build out a roster around LeBron, around AD. And if I'm Rob Palenka, I go back to basics. I go back to basics and I look for two specific things and that's it. And nothing else matters. I look for guys who can play defense and guys who can shoot. And that's it. That's it. That's all I'm looking for. I don't worry about shot creators. I don't worry about anything else. Historically, teams that win with LeBron James, they can play defense and they can shoot. They can take advantage of the spacing. That's what I'm looking for if I'm Rob Palenka. And then you're looking to fill in your positions from there. That's that's it. That's how I'm building out my roster if I'm Rob. I'm not worried about, hey, do we need another ball handler to take the ball out of LeBron's hands and all these kinds of things. The ball's going to be in LeBron's hands when he's on the floor. You do need another ball handler at some point, but I don't know if I want to spend the money on a Russell Westbrook, on a top-tier ball handler when the ball is going to be in LeBron's hands anyway. So I'm focusing on defense and guys who can shoot, and let's roll. Let's And let's see what happens from there. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, Trevor, what's your plan to keep LeBron fans as subscribers? You know, because this show, it didn't really change when LeBron became a Laker. We just, we do what we do, right? We, we do what we do. We cover things how, how we cover things. And I think that a lot of people have been uh, complimenting us on, on how we approach things here, how we try to look at things down the middle. We don't kind of do the, the crazy hot takes and things like that. That's not really my personality. That's not how I approach things. Some other people will that we have on our channels and things like that. But I think their work speaks for itself. And so I, you know, if somebody is just a LeBron fan and LeBron leaves, okay, they're, they're probably going to go follow LeBron somewhere else, but maybe we're going to get in other fans coming in because the Lakers get some young guys and they get excited about that or, or whatever. Lakers nation is massive. I'm so I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Look, and LeBron's been great. It's been a treat to watch him play on a night-to-night basis. He is truly one of the all-time greats. Maybe you can make a case that he is the greatest of all time. So it's been a lot of fun to get to watch him play in purple and gold. And again, my preferred option here would be that that continues. That continues next season. That continues the season after. Will that be the result of this summer? We'll see. And on my end, I, I'm not worried. One where I'm covering the Lakers either way. I'll be here regardless. All right. Maddie James, uh, if LeBron really leaves LA just because of a rough, rough patch, he's not a Laker and doesn't belong here. Kobe toughed it out for years and didn't quit once it got hard. I, I think if you're LeBron, you're looking at, is this my last shot? Do I, how much time do I have left to win a championship? Again, I don't think LeBron is trying to leave. I think that Brian Windhorst is absolutely right. I think LeBron is just trying to put pressure on the Lakers organization to make some changes. Um, and again, you can say maybe there's a little bit of hypocrisy there because LeBron helped create the team that they've got right now. That's fair. But I think LeBron is just trying to put pressure on the Lakers to fix things right now. And let's not forget, um, Kobe toughed it out for years. He didn't quit. Kobe tried to. Kobe wanted to be traded. He demanded a trade. He wanted to go be a Chicago Bull. He at one point was considering being a Clipper. So, and it took Dr. Boss saying no for, for Kobe to stay. 
So I, I'm not huge on Kobe LeBron comparisons, but it's a little unfair if we say Kobe toughed it out and everything. And there was a point Kobe was ready to walk away too. And I'm not saying LeBron's ready to, ready to walk away. I think the best case, the best outcome for everybody is the team's better next year and LeBron stays. Uh, Dodd Kadim said, yep, I'm missing it. It's cutting off the, the chat here. Oh, for some reason there was an error with this message. So if you can, uh, Dowd Kadim, ask your question again so I can see it. It cut it off on my end for some reason. I can see that you sent it in a super chat. Don't send it in a super chat because I already saw that you sent one. Just re uh, respond with that question again because I can't see exactly what it says. Uh, Maddie James again says, Trev, I would look at replacing AD with another solid big. When looking at all of his injuries within three years, I have no faith of ever having a durable Anthony Davis. We need another versatile big. Well, here's the thing. Anthony Davis players, um, Anthony Davis type players, they don't grow on trees. Like it's hard to find a guy as versatile as Anthony Davis is. That That's not, that's not easy. That's not easy for sure. So the Lakers got Anthony Davis thinking that, okay, hey, when LeBron's done, whenever he decides to sail off into the sunset, it's going to be AD. It's going to be Anthony Davis's team. And that's how we're going to roll. I understand people that are frustrated with Anthony Davis and the injuries. And you have to look at him from the Lakers perspective. I think you have to consider the injury history and question whether or not he can be your 1A guy moving forward. And that's fine. But what if you think with that cap space that you're going to have, you're going to have a ton of, if LeBron leaves in 2023, not this summer, but next summer, the Lakers are going to have something like $80 million in cap space, at least. They're going to have a ton of money to go spend. What if you get another guy? What if you get somebody else who's now your 1A guy? And then Anthony Davis can still be your 1B. I think that's something you have to consider. Now, if you're put in a situation where AD has to be the 1A guy, let's see what he does next season. But it can be a little bit tough. I mean, like we've said, he's got an injury history. That's true. I think the bulk of his two main injuries this year have not been, oh my gosh, this guy's injury prone. They've just been unfortunate accidents. Guy falls into his leg. He lands on Gobert's foot. Like it's not, it's not like he's jogging down the court and his, you know, his quad just explodes or something like that. But that injury history is still there. And so it's something the Lakers are going to have to factor in. If and when LeBron does leave, there's a, the Lakers are going to have to make a decision. Is Anthony Davis our guy moving forward? And if the answer is no, do you put him on the trade market or do you try to find somebody else? And if the answer is yes, it's how do we get the best out of him? How do we build a team around him? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's see what else we've got going here. Somebody said AD and Tatum, please. I know Lakers fans have had their eyes on Jason Tatum for quite a while now. Um, he is a, he was a Lakers fan growing up and, uh, yeah, the Lakers, I mean, looking back now, you can say they should have picked him over 
um, over Lonzo Ball. Dowd Kadim said, do you think the front office's main issue is they aren't willing to pay high tax dollars? Example, Caruso. Do you think being cheap with cost, uh, cost of LeBron and AD era from winning? So I think, I think that that is a factor. I think it's a factor in a way because somebody said stop with the Tatum talks that's the Celtics untouchable look I know trust me if if I mention that to Keith Smith who's my co-host on the NBA front office show he's like no that's that's never happening that's never happening I get it but um just saying he's got those LA connections too so the Lakers not paying wanting to pay the money for Caruso is that a problem it could be and look here's the thing the Lakers the bus family they get most of their their money right their wealth it comes from the Lakers that's not true of the new breed, new-ish breed of NBA owners, right? You talk about Mark Cuban, right? He, he's kind of started this new trend, but now Steve Ballmer, look across the hall. For some of these guys that are not multi-millionaires, multi-billionaires, like Steve Ballmer has unfathomable amounts of money. The Clippers are a toy. They're not a source of income. For the Lakers, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to present the Lakers as some poverty case. They're, they're, they're not. They're, they're not. They're one of the most valuable sports franchises, not in the NBA, not in the United States, in the world. It's one of the most valuable sports franchises in the world. So I'm not trying to paint the, the Lakers as some sort of poverty case at all. But the reality is that the Lakers as an organization, it, that's the main source of income for the Bus family, as opposed to a guy like a Steve Ballmer, where the Clippers are kind of like a toy. Hey, we have to pay a little bit more in free agency? Okay, hang on. Let me get out my wallet. Oh, I just, I made that much money in the, the five minutes that we had this conversation, right? Some of these guys have so much money, they can spend whatever they want. And so that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Now, I don't know how much of this was, um, how much of this was the Lakers, just deciding that Alex Caruso wasn't worth paying that much for and just trying to be careful with their tax money and how much of it was this, the team just not wanting to spend, period. That's something to consider. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Mama mentality. Lakers need to sit with LeBron and see if he wants to leave at the end of his contract so we can trade for pieces or what he said is for further down the line. Yeah, that's that's something where Rob Palenka this offseason is going to have to figure things out. He's going to have to figure out what the Lakers and LeBron James, what that relationship is going to look like moving forward. It's going to be, be a real test of how good of a GM Rob Palenka actually is. That's going to be something that's important for uh, for Rob and the Lakers to figure out. Dre Johnson, say if this summer, Dame, say you know that, that he wants out. Do we try to trade Russ for him with the first round pick, regardless of his lack of defense? Portland is going to try to trade him anywhere but the Lakers if he decides. If he decides that he wants out. If Damian Lillard, and Damian Lillard's going to give the Blazers at least this summer at least this summer to try to figure things out, try to build a team, try to take the pieces they got in all the trades that they, um, that they completed 
they're going to try and take that stuff and turn it into a winning team around Damian Lillard. He's going to give them that opportunity. So if he is going to ask out, it's probably not happening happening until next trade deadline at the earliest, at the earliest. So, and again, they're going to do everything they can to not trade him to the Lakers. They would rather trade him anywhere else. Rocky Adams, uh, Lakers fan from Toronto, Canada. Welcome in. I appreciate your videos as always. I think LeBron wants to try to win another championship with the Lakers. One of the buyout market options is Dang's contract done in 2022. Yeah, July 1st, Luol Dang's contract, it's gone, finally. Off the books for the Lakers. As far as buyout market options go, again, there's not a lot out there right now. We'll see, kind of as things go, if some more players get bought out. Javon Carter is now out there on the market. There's going to be a few other guys that are that are going to land places, but it's not as, as a robust of a buyout market as we've seen in years past. And the Lakers aren't the destination that they were in the last couple of years. So I'm not sure if they get a top tier player on the buyout market. And typically buyout guys don't impact winning a ton anyway. The Lakers definitely got fortunate with Markeith Morris. He really impacted winning, um, particularly because of the versatility he gave them in order to go small against the Houston Rockets in the playoffs that year. But in general, buyout guys tend to not, they tend to not, really impact winning to a huge degree. So something to keep in mind. Um, I don't know how strong of a bio market this is going to be. Carl R. Devin Booker in 2023, maybe. Well, Booker is a big Kobe fan. Trey Johnson, do you think Jeannie Buss should start looking outside the Laker bubble for GMs, etc.? The front office has been a poop show for years. Yeah, and I've been saying this for a while. I think the Lakers, when times get tough, they circle the wagons and they turn to people that they know. That's what they've done. Um, Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis and Rob Palenka, they're all people that they already knew. They tend to not look for outside hires. They just don't. And that can be a bit limiting. Now, there's there's benefit to that as well. I don't want to say that that strategy is is doesn't have any sort of benefit to it because it does but it also limits the talent pool that you're that you're fishing in, right? So you've got to be, in my mind, a little bit more open-minded, particularly to bringing in new ideas. Sometimes you can just get an echo chamber, right? And that's it. You're just hearing your same stuff repeated back to you, and that can cause some problems if you don't have fresh ideas coming in. So my recommendation, if I were running the Lakers, would indeed be to open things up to some outside hires, bring in some fresh ideas, and see what what happens from there. Now, that doesn't mean you have to find guys that just are not aligned with your vision at all. That's not the case, but just some fresh ideas. It's If you're in a position where you're going to bring in a head coach, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not only looking at the Lakers family tree per se, I'm looking outside of that as well. Let's see, let's do a couple more and we'll, we'll call it a night here. Gerardo said, we will be forever grateful for the championship or not married to the guy and his clutch team. Yeah, look, LeBron is LeBron is a guy who brought the Lakers out of a very tough period. The Lakers, for a while there, they were not winning. They're in the lottery every year. They got some pretty solid lottery luck, but they still didn't get the guy, like the 1A type superstar player in the draft where you build around. They didn't get that guy. They got Lonzo, they got B.I., they got D'Angelo Russell. Look, good players, good players, but they didn't get the guy. They didn't get John Morant, right? They, they didn't get that guy. They didn't get Carl Anthony Towns. They didn't get the guy that you build your franchise around. They got 
They got Julius Randle. They got these guys who are good, but not 1A superstar good. So the Lakers were in a were in a long run of losing seasons and things were tough. And then LeBron comes and they had a, a rough initial season, missed the playoffs again. LeBron got hurt, but then they win a championship. And things started to turn around. I mean, obviously to go from missing the playoffs to winning a championship is pretty incredible. So LeBron brought a lot to the Lakers. There's no question. And he brought this sense that the Lakers were back, that the franchise was back. They're back on the map. And I'm hoping that that continues for a few more seasons. As much as people might want to look at LeBron and say, well, you know what? If he's gone, he's gone. I'm hopeful that they can figure out a way to make things work this season, next season, the one after that, and then go from there. That's what I would like to see happen here between the Lakers and LeBron James, because those were some tough times. Those were some tough times. And as much as people are frustrated with this season and just say, I just want to wash my hands from this, forget it, let's rebuild. Sometimes we forget how difficult those times were when you're building around young players, when you're hoping to tank for draft picks and things like that. That's not an easy environment to be in either. Uh, Timothy says, if the Lakers were the one seed, LeBron's the MVP. Absolutely. Yeah, look, LeBron's having a fantastic season. I did a video just the other day on LeBron's free throw shooting and why he's not getting the respect from the officials. If he was, if he was even getting career average free throw attempts, we're talking about the scoring leader in the NBA right now on a points per game stat. That's what we're looking, that's what we're talking about with LeBron. He'd be leading the NBA in points per game. He would be winning the scoring title probably at the end of this season at 37 years old. If the Lakers were higher up, a LeBron for MVP narrative would absolutely be a thing. But because the Lakers are sitting in the ninth seed, it's not. And look, there's there's plenty of worthy candidates for MVP this year. We could talk, of course, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Giannis has turned it on. These guys definitely have a case. But I'm saying if LeBron was sitting with the Lakers in the two seed, that would be a thing. We'd be talking about LeBron and this MVP campaign. People keep saying this too. I, and I've got a comment in here. If only LeBron could hit free throws. He's shooting 75% from the line. That's one of his better free throw shooting seasons of his career. It's not like his free throws have regressed and he's suddenly not hitting them. We look back and we think, oh, he had that chance, had that chance to hit three free throws in a row against the Warriors and he missed that one. That, yeah, that was a loud miss. But again, on the season, LeBron shooting 75% from the line, and that's better than his career average. So I know some of the misses have been frustrating, but if you look at the entire season, he's actually hit more than he typically does this year. Mook Morris, is it possible we can sign and trade for Cam Reddish or try to acquire him in the offseason, seeing as how we tried to trade for him already twice? Yes, but remember, if you try to trade if you sign and trade for a player and this is part of the reason why the lakers didn't go for demar Derozan. if you sign and trade for a player you are automatically hard capped so if you bring a player in via sign and trade you trigger the hard cap so let's say that cam reddish signs that extension then you trade for him okay then you're looking at potentially a hard cap situation so that's where the lakers have got to be careful because if the roster is still lebron ad russ well just those three guys you're over the cap you're over the cap with just with those three guys so fill, filling out the rest of your roster is really difficult and doing it without with while you're operating under a hard cap, which would sit guess off the top of my head because I haven't looked at all the new numbers yet. I'm guessing the hard cap is going to be around 148, 150 million, somewhere in there. 
filling out the rest of your roster is all but impossible. So that's a real challenge and something the Lakers have to consider with their options this offseason. All right, guys. Appreciate all of you joining me tonight. Um, again, what we like to do during downtimes in the Lakers schedule is we like to still do this twice a week. Come on here for the LakersNation.com podcast. Do it live. Take questions, take comments, all of that. But once again, I appreciate all of you joining me here. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Also, go check out the NBA front office show. Keith Smith and I, five days a week, we put out a new show there, Monday through Friday, breaking everything down across the entire NBA. So if you like following the Lakers, but you also like following the entire league, check out that show. We especially look at things from a salary cap perspective. So take a look at the NBA front office show. As well, and if you guys want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Till next time, everybody. See ya. Stay safe. Have a great night.